the things that I actually wanted, they came somehow. And it's so strange. I, I wrote my first novel. I wrote it. I finished it. I did it with love. And you mentioned once, you, you said something that kind of stuck with me. And you said that, well, if I would get broke and live in the garage of my parents, like I would be the most loving person that is broke and lives in the garage of my parents. And I was like, wow, yeah, well, money or success, it doesn't change the way I love. It has nothing to do with it, essentially. And so I was really able to make peace, I believe, with not needing all these outcomes. And then I wrote this book and I finished it with this feeling of, well, I did something I can be very proud of. I did something that I can give to someone and I can take critics with an open heart because I know I did my best. And that was such a beautiful feeling. Welcome to Men This Way, the podcast for every man who seeks to live his deepest purpose in life, who's committed to showing up fully and giving his unique gifts to the world. Because if not you, then who? I'm your host and fellow journeyman, Brian Reeves. Brian with a Y, Reeves. Men This Way. trying hard to succeed actually get in the way of your success? And what if letting go was the fastest way to the success you dream of? And could the same hold true for relationship success? Well, in this episode, my guest, Sam Reiter, and I mine these questions and more for useful insights to make a meaningful difference in your life. Sam is actually a former coaching client of mine. We worked together in the first half of 2018, and through our work, Sam's approach to life, to his work, his creativity, and his intimate relationship changed dramatically. I invited him on to Men This Way because a few months ago, I got an email from him with an update that so deeply touched and inspired me. Now, he actually proposed coming onto the podcast to share his experience of coaching with me and all the magic that's been happening for him afterwards. I was a bit reluctant at first because I don't want to be overtly promotional with this podcast. But then I realized that the profound transformation Sam has been experiencing in every aspect of his life is what every man, and really every woman too, is aching to experience in their own lives. And truth be told, Sam is just a really likable, huge-hearted young man. And his story is reminiscent of mine in many ways. And in fact, when we started working together, I kind of felt like I was working with my 25-year-old self, which was, was really cool and even healing for me in many ways. Now, Sam originally came to me to help mentor him in growing his own coaching business. But what actually happened for him through our work together was far more true to the deepest yearnings of his heart. But I'm going to let Sam tell the tale in our conversation together today. In this episode, we talk about the courageous practice of surrender, of not trying to succeed, but rather just staying focused on giving your deepest gift to the world with no attachment to the outcome and allowing success to then find you. We also explore what happened for Sam with his intimate partner and how the awareness of masculine and feminine energies completely shifted his experience of relationship. We talk about that and more. So definitely stay tuned for Sam's five key takeaways at the end of this episode of Men This Way. And finally, if this episode inspires in you the desire to work with a mentor or a coach yourself, and you think that I could be the one to serve you on your journey to creating the life you dream of and were born for, then email support at brianreeves.com. It's support at brian with a y, reeves.com. And let's explore working together to unleash more magic in your life too. All right, let's dive. Sam Reiter, my friend, how are you? It's good to see uh -huh. you. 
I'm good. I'm good. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for actually inviting me to this. I've been really looking forward to this conversation. Me as well, Sam. Gosh, man, it's been, uh, well, I guess about a year since we really last connected. Yeah. Um, first off, where in the world are you right now? Now I'm in Switzerland. Oh, okay. Right? Visiting family? Uh, close to my family's place, actually. Uh-huh. I wanted to go back home, basically. I felt yeah. like it's time of traveling a lot. Yeah. I yeah remember it's been a few years, yeah. When we last connected, you were in, uh, I remember our, our final few sessions were, I remember hearing roosters in the background and, yeah, and exactly. crickets and silence because you were in Mexico and it was, uh, oh man, I was so envious at the time. It was just wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Where were you in Mexico? Well, I was at the Pacific Ocean, mm-hmm. well, at the West Coast. It's a totally different life here, you know, in yeah. Switzerland. It's also structured and yeah. everyone's on time and, and you can imagine how life was there. Uh-huh. Um, so <laughs> the I had to opposite. adjust a little bit. Yes, totally. totally. <laughs> there is no time yeah. in Mexico, <laughs> on, in the Pacific Ocean. And you were there with your lady, Orsi? Yes, exactly. Yeah. How's she doing? She is now doing well. Actually, she's learning the language. She's from Budapest. Okay. So she had to adjust a little more than I did. You know, we came mm-hmm. from, yeah, we came from Mexico. For me, it was all, you know, I know this place here. I know how things work here because yeah. I grew up here. She didn't. All right. So she had to learn the language or she's learning the language now. Adjust to, yeah. yeah, how Swiss people do things, right? It's, <laughs> it's not everyone's, uh, thing to actually yeah. live on in that pace but yeah she's a warrior <laughs> yeah. and she's yeah, well she's doing really well and she yeah she's making steps forward and it's just great i'm glad to hear it man and, and we'll dive a little more into your experience with orsi whatever you're you're willing to share with us uh, in a little bit but you know, this is a bit of a different conversation than, than I normally have on men this way, but I'm really, really excited about it, Sam, because, you know, you and I did some really deep work together for almost a year. Mm. And I guess we last, our last session was probably, I think last fall or last summer, last fall around that time yeah. frame. Yeah. And then we reconnected. I think I just reached out to check in to see how you were doing and and you emailed me back and my goodness man you had been on and and you have been on just a, a remarkable journey since then certainly with your partner but also with your work your creativity what's unfolded for you and uh, it was really inspiring to read that so bring us into your adventures I mean what yeah bring us into to what you've been experiencing this last year hmm. Yeah. Well, That's a big well, question, I know. Yeah, well. Where to begin? with yourself, Brian. Well, actually, <laughs> you know, you know, like I initially, I approached you yeah. because of business reasons. That's right. Yeah. And uh, financial reasons. So uh, I have been doing uh, uh, organizing retreats and workshops and also coaching right. for just people around the world. And um, I was looking for some kind of a mentor person and i just saw that in you well and then you know we've been working obviously (laughs) how it usually is so much more came to the surface and you know especially about the relation man Mm. that that was big like i I really felt like you have been helping me to to kind of or you've been a big part in in this journey for me to kind of grow up from being a boy Mm. to stepping into manhood well mm. i've been really feeling that step in the well in the last year or so two years mm. and um well yeah we finished that our coaching uh you say agreement and since then well i've been just kind of going with what felt good without trying to force so much well well, I remember if I if I may just cut in because I remember yeah. what you, what you just pointed at was yes, you came to me. Essentially, you were doing the work that you really enjoyed, the coaching work, the yeah. workshops, and the retreats, and of course, you were writing a lot. Yeah. But there was a part what you initially came to me with was that yeah, okay, business. You know, I want to grow my coaching practice. I want to make more income. Yeah. And 
something really interesting happened for you inside of all of that. And you're, you're pointing at it and, and I'll never forget it because what you've been on, the journey that you've been on in this past year, I know, and through our work, and I know it was confronting at the beginning as well, right? Because that's not exactly what happened, is it? Yeah. yeah. In terms of your coaching practice. and I, I ended up being in silence in Mexico, right? So that's like <laughs> the, the opposite. The, exactly. it's, kind of, it's kind of ironic, right? Yeah. So I, I kind of came to you to grow my yeah. coaching business, to grow, yeah, just, just get more for my work, yeah. basically, and to have financial freedom. And I think like three or four months later, I was in total silence somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, somewhere in, in the middle it. of nowhere like we had, we had, been, we had yeah. had difficulties to to connect online uh-huh. right uh-huh. because yeah. there was just sometimes you know internet was so scarce and uh, yeah. and I started writing these novels and they just came yeah. kind of yeah they were pulling through me these stories and um, it opened up well this silence opened up so much space yeah and uh clarity yeah and um well and then you were there <laughs> and we've yeah. been kind of going this journey together while i was still writing these novels and then yeah you've been confronting me with well with these fears that come up when you well from the outside where you don't do much you're just sitting and feeling the stillness and mm-hmm. let your creativity flow and, and see what is arising and emerging from, mm. from that. So mm-hmm. uh, very interesting. It's, it is so interesting because this happens frequently. And it was so beautiful to watch unfold inside of you as well, because I remember, you know, when, when I'm working with, when I was working with you the same way I work with anybody, I don't have an agenda. I don't go into it thinking, no, you should be different. You should be this, you should do that. I don't have an agenda at all. And I remember though through our work, because we talked about, we explored, okay, how can we grow your practice? How can we serve more through your coaching and and get more clients, all of that? And as I recall, it's like, that really wasn't what your heart wanted. And that's so common, especially I find, well, with women too, but I find that a lot with men that they, they, they think they want more of something that they actually don't want at all. Mm. And instead, what they're then called to is sort of a stillness, a quiet, mm. a silence, uh, which is really a listening period mm. to really tap in deeper. And you, I mean, man, you went from hungry, right? To, yeah. to hungry. You were hungry. Hungry. <laughs> to Mexico, yeah. nowhere, no internet, just a total disconnection. And yet, but what really moved me is, is just how lit up you were when you just got back to writing. Mm. Just writing, mm. writing, and not for the sake of getting people to read your work. Yeah, exactly. But for the sake of your creativity. Yeah. And, totally. what, and, and what happened for you then in, in the space of that? Yeah. Actually, first of all, I started writing also with an agenda. Mm. And, and as I was writing, I somehow, you know, I just, these layers of, of needing an outcome, I just somehow yeah. placed aside. And that actually, that was uh, it. Was a fearful process because yeah. the, the rational kicks in <laughs> and saying, "Dude, now you got to take care of you know, yeah. take care of your girl, take care yeah. of yourself, make some yeah. money. What about the future?" And but the more I put those fears aside or put them aside, I just like surrendering to that, surrendering to the fear. And saying, well, it's fine now. Mm. This feels right. So I'm going to do it. I couldn't have told anyone, mm-hmm. you know, who I didn't trust because it, it just sounds so yeah. crazy and, you know, just, yeah. just, yeah, insane. Yeah. Well, I think what you just said is really important. I couldn't tell anyone that I didn't really trust because, right, they'll respond, you're crazy. What are you doing? You need to get a job. You have responsibilities. You yeah. all of this, they put all of this weight on your shoulders yeah. that, doesn't have to be true for you unless you yeah. make it true. Yes. And in the making of it true, you totally squash your creative impulse mm. because now it's about survival. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you know, yeah. And the funny thing is actually the more I was surrendering because the fear, I, I cannot really say to, you know, to get rid of the fear because it kind of kicked in many 
times but I was yeah. just I, I think I, I was aware of it and I was just surrendering each time this came and I grew a lot in confidence as I, as I actually realized that wow as I surrender creativity starts to flow right so the, mm. it's so fascinating how when we, we stop resisting mm. uh, th- and when we just let ourselves be how what comes out from it mm. and then yeah the more I I feel the more I, I let go mm-hmm. and the more I was able to create it, which is totally irrational for the mind because it doesn't yeah. make any sense, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I was really moved by, so what happened to you after? Can you share with us what happened to you in terms of writing your novel, wanting to, again, you don't have a huge following. It's not like you put something out yeah. and millions of people are just going to snap it up, yeah. right? And so here you are, trusting in this surrendering to your creative impulse and to also just I recall like the heaviness of the whole business Mm. experience, right? We talked about seasons in our work, right? There are seasons for different expressions of our being. And clearly, as I recall, that was not a season of business for you. Totally. You know, what was fascinating is that all the things that I actually wanted, they came somehow mm. and it's so strange like i i wrote this my first novel i wrote it i finished it i did it with love and you mentioned once you you said something that kind of stuck with me and you said that well if i would get broke and just you know live in the garage of my parents like <laughs> i would be the most loving person that is broke <laughs> and lives in the garage of my parents. And i was like wow yeah well yeah, yeah money or yeah. Yeah. Success, it doesn't change the way I love. It has nothing right. to do with it, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> so I was really able to make peace, I believe, with not needing, mm. needing all these outcomes. And then I wrote this book and I finished it with this feeling of, well, I did something I can be very proud of. Mm. I did something that I can give to someone and I can take critics with an open heart because I know I did my best. Yeah. And that was such a beautiful feeling. Yeah. And as an effect, well, I, I showed it to some friends. At first, of course, I put it online and then people began to approach me and they shared it. And um, there was in Hungary, there was one guy who wanted to publish it in Hungary. So they were going to translate it in the Hungarian language. And another guy from from Mexico City approached me. He's translating my book now into Spanish. And before I knew, like, <laughs> this mm. book is translated into three languages. There are two other people who want to sell it for me. Yeah. And I I just didn't really, like, mm. I can't really grasp what has happened. Yeah. But it is as if, like, a momentum has begun. Yes. And things are just flowing the way they, I guess, supposed to flow. Yeah. Well, yes, um, and I, for my part, where well, I'm, I was astonished, and I we moved back to Europe out of several reasons. I guess it was just the time to just go back because I wrote these two novels, and and I had this feeling I want to work with kids, and well, this coaching work somehow came back, and mm. it didn't. Brian, I tell you, I came back to Switzerland. On the same day, I met a school principal from a school and he mm. told me that they actually look for someone like me who can work on a mental, mm. psychological, uh, on a coaching level with the kids. And we discussed it and boom, one week later, I had a job. They paid way more than I asked for. Well, I, They asked me how much I want. And then I told them and they were like, you know what, we could pay you more. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. And I love it. It's ridiculous, Let that be right? a lesson to you. Let that be a lesson to you, Sam. Always say, yeah. always say yes. a higher number. <laughs> and it's funny because all I want when I approach you is like, yeah, I want a stable income and yeah. I want to, you know, I just want to say, now I have this crazy deal. Well, this very beautiful work, which is very enriching. Mm-hmm. And it just somehow came into my life, I guess, when the time was right, without force, you know? Yeah, yes. Yeah, without so force. now I'm sitting here. 
yes, and that's kind of what happened since we stopped working. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, there's so much profound wisdom in what you're sharing and practice. And um, I want to just go back to that thing that you said that stuck with you. You know, I can be broke and living in my mom's garage, and but I will be the most loving person broke and living in my mom's garage. And and, and that was the big epiphany. That was a, a massive transformational moment for me many, many years ago that I shared with you and where similar to what you were describing, like I had been so caught up in the, I have to make money. I need to make this work. I need to, how do I get more clients? Like it was all about survival, even in doing work mm. that I really connected with, that I enjoyed, it still was all about survival. And I think that's the biggest transition, the biggest and most challenging, especially for men, I think. Women have their own, generally have their own journey, but it, it's not a gender thing anyway. We all go through this, however you identify sexually, but are gender based. But I just know that for a lot of men, you know, even when we transition into doing the thing we love from, you know, maybe we've done work we don't love. We've just, you know, it's, we were playing out society's expectations, mom's expectations or dad's or even just our own to be successful in a certain way. And then we transition even into, we're like, okay, I'm done with that. Now I'm going to do what I love, but we bring the same mindset into it. I can't fail. I have to make this work. I have to, and that means I have to make a certain amount of income a month. I have to do better than I did in the old thing. And it's the same fucking dance all over again. And it's exhausting. And even if we do get some success there, it's like we can hardly enjoy it. And uh, I'll never forget, yeah, that transformational moment for me, which actually came when I was working with a coach myself doing this kind of mindset work. Because my fear was, yeah, like you described, like just being broke, living in mom's basement. And, you know, I think at the time I was 39 years old going through this and I'm thinking, oh, my God, who is going to love a 40 year old man living in his mom's basement in Maryland, in the in suburb in the suburbs of Washington, D.C.? Nobody. That was my fear. Just kill me now. And when I had that that shift, that breakthrough, wait a second, wait, 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 wait. Money has nothing to do with how I love. And I could really step into that embodiment of being the most loving person. Like I just imagine like a woman showing up, you know, dating someone and I am loving the hell right out of her, even though I live in my mom's basement. I'm like, a woman would be lucky to be loved like that, especially in today's world. And that that thought, just that that thought in my body was so enlivening that all of a sudden it's not that I, well, I just didn't care if life took me to my mom's basement at 40. And of course that didn't happen because through that shift, like what you're describing, there was so much surrender mm. in me and a willingness, but that unleashed so much energy to just be creative. And for me also, it was writing. It was, that's where all my blogs really started to take off. Like what you're describing, all of this magic with writing and people recognizing, hey, this is really good. And and of course, I never had to go live in my mom's basement. The opposite happened. Abundance started to come in. And I think that's what I, I really loved when you shared your update with me almost a year, not even maybe nine months or so after our last session together, how all of this creative energy was unleashed in you and the like your how through our work, I remember your willingness to to confront that fear of not having a successful business, of not getting more clients, of really being in the stillness and in the quiet and the, and the creativity with no guarantee of an outcome. And, and then all this magic has unfolded. And, and like you just said, your books are being translated into three languages already, right? Well, two more. Well, so it's like English and two more languages, which is cool. <laughs> it's ama- It's really yeah. amazing. I mean, and people, it's like, I, this is the, this is one of the most challenging things for us and again, I'll just speak to men in general, but pertains to women and anyone identifies in any, any whatever, whatever gender, just human, is that surrender, is that willingness to not know how this is supposed to go and to, to say no to what feels heavy, deeply heavy, and to say yes to what feels light, even if it's a little frightening. Yes, yes. Right? It's good to hear this. And I think it is really true that there is somehow when we surrender, we stop certain blocks. Well, I, I at least I feel this. Like there's this 
book about the war of art. Yes, right? that's right. The war of Stephen art. Stephen Pressfield, yeah. right? He has something very fascinating. And actually the, the whole process of writing told me a lot about living life and, and taking on uh, jobs and uh, getting the things done. Mm-hmm. And it's as if that as soon as we stop to force or mm. trying desperately to force mm. and we trust and we allow, mm. you know, we allow that flow to flow, then mm. there is always potential. There's so much energy. There is so much yeah. joy and quality of life in that. And that surrender that you talk about, that I, I believe that takes courage because then we're not in control. Mm. Surrender doesn't yeah. mean control and no. not having control is... A scary thing, yeah. Because who are we without control? We're just, um, you know, we have, we kind of lose our identity, and um, plunging into that—that's, yeah. you know, in a identity-less thing. It's a scary, but at the same time, I experience it as a very liberating thing. Yeah. Well, and the irony is, we only have the illusion of control anyway. Yeah. I remember <laughs> I remember when I went to Egypt many years ago right out of the military. I remember I was uh, living with an Egyptian family and Egyptian cars. This was back in uh I guess this was in 2001, right? A few months before 9/11. So before the world changed in a sense. I was in Egypt for a couple months and I remember you know, the cars in Egypt, they look like they're 500 years old. You know, look like someone's pushed every single car as soon as it's as soon as it arrives in Egypt, they take it to the top of a 10-story building and they push it off the building. And then when it hits the ground, you know, someone jumps in it and drives it off. And that's the state of the cars in Egypt. And so we were driving. I was in the backseat of this little car. My Egyptian family called it a Subaru. Mm-hmm. A Subaru. I had no idea what that was. I learned later it was a Subaru. Oh, it's a Subaru. Subaru. Like a, for months we called it Subaru and I had no idea what they were. <laughs> so just some weird Egyptian brand. Anyway, one day we were on the highway and uh, circling one of the, the highways circling Cairo, and it's hectic. And you know we're probably doing fifty miles an hour, and we're in the far left lane. And all of a sudden, the car slams into the median, like we would have crossed into oncoming traffic if there wasn't a barrier. Thank God there was a barrier because that would have been the end of us. But what happened was the steering wheel had come detached from the axle. So you could spin the steering wheel like a like a toy, like a child's yeah. toy. You could just spin it, and it would just spin, and the wheels would do nothing. And I'll never forget what a teaching moment that was, because up until that moment in my life, you know, the steering wheel was, that's how I controlled the car. And I thought, I control this car. Like, I tell the car where I want it to go. And then when I saw that, wait, the steering wheel can actually detach from the car and become useless, Mm -hmm. I thought, holy shit, I realized I'm never actually controlling the car. The car is just cooperating with me for a moment. Mm -hmm. And at any moment, the car could decide to stop cooperating and the steering wheel won't do what I want. It won't make it, you know, it was just such a profound teaching moment for me in that, that realization that, wow, I have control of essentially nothing. I only have the illusion of it. And I think, you know, what you're pointing at, oh man, there's so much we could explore that. We won't go too far down this rabbit hole, but that whole thing, what you just said, the identity, there's identity in control. Thinking I am who I, I am my job, for example. Mm-hmm. As long as I keep my job, that's who I am. Or I am my relationship as long as, you know, I'm the husband of this person or whatever. And um, gosh, man, when life takes that from us, or even whether it takes it by force or or we just feel the deep call to do something different, it can be incredibly confronting mm. to our identity. And I've had those identity crises in many occasions throughout my life of, you know, I'm not a military officer anymore. Well, well, well what am I? Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I've, I've cried inside of those identity crises, even though I didn't want to be a military officer anymore. It's yeah. terrifying. To not know. It's a death, in a way. It is a death, yeah, absolutely. I want to pivot. I'm curious, how did your relationship with Orsi shift through our work? You said some interesting things earlier on. I'm curious, you know, what what would you, what are you willing to share about that with us? Well, there is one analogy Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. that you shared with me that, well, yeah, it, this was very, very good for me to hear and to actually recognize in me. And that was the, like the masculine, the feminine and the core values of a masculine, right? We have mm-hmm. this freedom and connection. Freedom and connection. And I could actually see that men seek freedom. Well, we want to be free. We want to travel. We want to explore. We want to do things, you know, have variety. And this is pretty much me, like in my early, early 20s. And at the same time, the female or the feminine, it seeks connection. And it wants to be close. And to me, this see always seem like some kind of a conflict right because mm. well as, you know it, it really looks like these are two repelling forces and mm. then actually the realization at least for me this is what i experience as very true at the moment is that when a boy grows into manhood like not in a sense of age but in a, i believe in a sense of maturity mm. then he finds a freedom, a deeper kind of freedom, not in a superficial way of traveling and having variety, but having a freedom that, yeah, it's hard to explain in words, but he finds the freedom in depth, in connection. Mm, Yeah. And, you know, like, and and drawing back to the, it's kind of the yin and the yang, right? And, Mm -hmm. and it's a dance. And the feminine, on the other hand, I also, somehow feel that these family parts, they might be most liberated. They feel the deepest connection when they allow the other part to be free. Yeah. How did this actually show up with you and Orsi? Like how did the dynamic shift between you? Well, you know, there are thoughts like, I believe they're very normal for a man to a thought like, oh, you know, how would be life like with another person? Like, even though I deeply love her and I could not for any reason say that, well, uh, oh, I, I don't want to be with her, right? But there are times when you're just like, well, how would it be like with another woman? And I experienced that a lot as a young man. I was afraid of committing, you know, many times. And mm-hmm. I, I've been with a few women in my life where I thought like, well, if I've been probably a bit more mature, then it would have worked out. But it never worked out because I was just afraid of going, mm. of committing and having depth in a relationship. Mm. And what I feel with Orshi now is that I feel that the more I open up or the more I open up this part within me and I allow myself to deeply connect, to mm. just be me. Mm-hmm. Which is, to be honest, it's very easy with her <laughs> to be mm. myself. Mm. But the more of, of a freedom I find. Mm. And it's something very enriching for my yeah. life, for my happiness, for my yeah. general, just for my balance in life. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I love that you're going here because this is, I think, one of the the great conundrums that, again, us men are, and even a lot of women that are more masculine in their expression and their way of being. But like you said, it seems like two opposing forces. Well, how can I be free? How can I experience freedom when I'm with this person who just wants to stay connected constantly? And there's rules and there's boundaries and there's responsibilities, I should say. There's responsibilities, you know, in relationship, there's no joke. That relationship brings responsibilities. There's no way around it. It seems completely opposed to the (laughs) freedom. And um, one of the models I work with in my coaching practice that I really love is that these three stages of evolution, which I learned from my teacher, David Data, who who essentially opened up the whole masculine-feminine experience for me, which by the way, for our listeners, again, in case I didn't make it obvious, it's not about man, woman. Masculine does not equal man and feminine does not equal woman. These are non-gender based. We all have masculine and feminine energy. So just want to make sure we're, we're on the same page with that. But what you're describing in our evolution of that expression of freedom, we realize that there's no amount of money. There's no perfect so-called perfect woman, nothing on the outside world is going to give us the enduring sense of inner yeah. freedom yeah. that will finally, oh, okay, I don't have to search anymore. 
Yeah. Like that's a lie. It's a falsehood. It doesn't exist. And the irony, it's like the para- again, there's so much paradox. I love I love exploring paradox because like we've touched on it earlier, Sam. You know, the more you relax in your work and surrender and stop resisting and and the more actually unfolds for you, the more abundance actually becomes available to you. Here we are in relationship. The more that we stop resisting, the more we stop running away from connection, the more we even, you could say, surrender to, which doesn't mean just necessarily stay with the person you're with. I mean, if a relationship isn't working, if it's grinding, well, first off, get support. I always say get support, get support. So you can see these things that you may not be seeing. But in any case, if you know, because I've had the same journey with my partner, with with my lady Sylvie, and you know, I'm very much core masculine myself, and that part of me that that sees freedom as incompatible with the responsibilities of relationship, it lives in me too. But you know, I'm 45. I mean, I've had enough experience being on my own to know that, yeah, it's a lie. Sure, I could be free and sort of have a lot of shallow, pleasurable fun. But it's not a deeply satisfying experience. And, yeah. and that through, like, I love how you called that forth through surrendering to the deep connection with this woman who also is doing her own work. I experience a freedom beyond my circumstances. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I'm really glad to hear that you two are building and continuing together and because I remember you always spoke of, of her with such loving glowing words you always you always admired her like I could really tell there was a, a depth of love between yeah. you yeah. and to know and I remember some of the struggles which you know we don't have to go into specifics but I remember some of the things that you were struggling with and and to see you deeply settled and nourished in your relationship with her today man I can't tell you just how glad that makes me how happy that makes me to see man deeply satisfied yeah congratulations man yeah thank you and i know it's a journey that's ongoing yeah for sure actually i had i don't know that i feel that many times i've thought and that that is true i was on a very been on a very big spiritual quest of finding happiness deep inside of myself and often i thought "Mm." It would be so much easier to not have a woman in my life because I then can finally focus on my, you know, <laughs> yeah. I can finally yeah, I focus know. on my, and I could be in peace. Yeah. And it, it's just so funny how, how the mind, you know, and the rest, it's just trying to find a way out of your own trouble, essentially, because what that connection brings with someone is also like things that you're kind of hiding within you right so these things that kind of trigger me it doesn't have to trigger everyone but it's just a part of me that just kind of feels you know hurt personally attacked or in in whatever way and i feel this has become like my way kind of like a non-spiritual spiritual path because it is just so hands-on it's so like it's so real world grounded in you know just this world this realm and and no other things and and yet it's such an incredible process i have for myself to just kind of move with this and it's yeah sometimes things come up and then you can work with that and that's that's kind of cool well i like what you said it's a non-spiritual spiritual path look look, (laughs) anyone can go to a meditation retreat go to a yoga retreat go off on your own go to burning man go do ayahuasca in the jungles of peru by yourself (laughs) anyone can do that that shit's easy you know sure follow that spirit but but be in a relationship with somebody who is different than you who has a different different hormones and different challenges you oh man that is the ultimate spiritual path i'm with you on that (laughs) Sam, so I just want to finish with a question and then we'll wrap up with the five key takeaways. But uh, I've really appreciated you coming back and and sharing your story and and want to hear about your books as well and what's coming. But I want to ask you, what what would you want all the men and women listening to know about the importance of working with a mentor or a coach, for example? It's a good question, but I feel it is... At least to me, it is very, very helpful to have someone in your life that is giving you a different perspective about yourself. 
and who is just not holding back and just is being honest. And well, these can be friends uh, and these can be a partner. But at the same time, I also believe there can be other people who just they don't care what you think of them, but they just <laughs> serve. Well, they, yeah. they serve from True. love because they, right. you know, Tony Robbins wants to hurt to heal them, hurt them to heal them. And sometimes, yeah, to just kind of show that perspective in order to make a, a leap in consciousness and yeah. in awareness. This mirror, I believe, is very, very important. It's kind of like if you have a, like an object in the middle and you can only see one side of it and the more outside views and the more open you are to different ways of looking at the same thing essentially the more you learn about what is there and i think that's like the essential thing i would Mm -hmm. love to share about this yeah and you you said yes friends your partner family members they can certainly help you see things more clearly but you got to be careful because they have an agenda and the agenda it could just be that they care for you and they want things to go well for you. Not that a coach or mentor doesn't, but like you said, when they have a distance between, they don't need to be liked by you. You know, your coach or mentor is not supposed to be your friend. Yeah. Now you definitely want someone who comes from that place of love, who's not going to abuse you, who's not going to hurt you intentionally. Because that's to get you to see something. I mean, that's another form of agenda. Mm-hmm. But a coach or a mentor, again, who really just, and I think this was what I really enjoyed about our work. It's always a surprise for me because same again, you came in wanting business growth support. And what happened was kind of the opposite of that. Mm. Not because I imposed it on you, but because, you know, I could hear what was the truth of your heart, which was you're a writer. You wanted to write. What's your last name? Writer. (laughs) (laughs) I should have recognized it earlier. (laughs) It's so funny. Yeah. So, but I think that's just one thing. Yeah. I think for our listeners out there, I I can't stress that enough. You know, getting support. I get support. I love getting support working with, I work with a therapist and a coach. It's just been invaluable for my own life. And, um, and Sam, I just want to thank you, man, for trusting me to, to to serve you on that journey as well. And And actually, there is no shame, I believe, with working with someone who can help you to make a step further. I believe there is still like some resistance in getting professional help. I still don't know. Well, I know what I can imagine. Why? Because, you know, it has this image of, of, of just not being good enough on your own. So you need professional help. You know, I, I have my own stuff together. I'm, I'm fine. But I feel that it, it's not really about being fine or not, but it's really about bettering yourself and making steps forward in your own consciousness. And I, I feel it's so, such a powerful and courageous step to say, yeah, well, of course I'm having help and yeah. getting help because yes, I want to yeah. make steps forward. Yeah. yeah. You know? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. We're not supposed to figure it out by ourselves. Yeah. And especially so many of us, we don't have our fathers. Even if we have a father, I mean, we don't necessarily trust them for wisdom Mm -hmm. and for guidance that really, again, is not their agenda, but really serves our own deepest heart. And that's where I think mentors and coaches and even therapists can be so helpful to help us just live not you know it's like live the life we were born for not the one that other people have designed for us Mm. i think that's really the key so sam again thank you let's wrap up with the five key takeaways yeah you ready for this yeah let's hear what you have to share with us so key takeaway number one what's the one key insight that you would offer listeners that you believe can make a meaningful impact on their lives because it has in yours yeah Actually, it's what I mentioned before about the relationship, about the, the freedom and connection. Mm. Actually, this awareness, it just changed everything mm. to me. Like it was just, yeah, it's clear and it's okay to sometimes feel different. Yeah. It's okay to have ups and downs. It, we're so human. Yeah. We have this good, but I think overall the acceptance of, of allowing ourselves to, to be in a high and the low and to, yeah, to sometimes wanting the freedom 
and wanting the connection on the other side right. and, and to just see that, yeah, it's a natural dance of the masculine and the feminine. Yeah. To me, it was, yeah, this was big. I think that that would be my key insight. Yeah, beautiful. I, I, as you're sharing that, and I don't know if we may have explored this, but one of the things that I often will tell the couples that I work with or, or men I'm working with is there's supposed to be tension between you. Mm. The, the, even this, just this tension of masculine, of that freedom yeah. connection, there's tension there. There's very human tension. What causes problems is not the tension, it's trying to resolve the tension mm. constantly. That causes real problems because that tension is unresolvable to some degree. And if you can resolve it, what that means is you're either both in your masculine or both in your feminine. And in either case, it doesn't make for a very juicy relationship. Yes. Becomes a friendship or a business partnership or it just becomes something you don't want. So like learning to allow that tension to just be there and dance with it. Like you said, you know, just roll with it and understand it, man. I'm with you, man. That's been life-changing for me as well. Cool. Thank you. Key mentor. Name another man that you've been inspired by, living or dead, that you'd recommend our listeners learn more about. Well, I, to me, who helped me to make really big changes in my awareness was Moochie. He's like the big, is he the big, the big laughing guy? He's a Jamaican. Jamaican. Jamaican guy is... He, I think he grew up in London or something, okay. and now he's living in Lisbon or in, in Portugal okay. in a beautiful, somewhere south of Lisbon. And uh, he, uh-huh. I've been on a few retreats of him, and yeah, what, what he did, he has tons of YouTube videos, actually, because they always yeah. been his songs. But actually, what's funny, because what he does, it's so simple, it just points to the one thing within that, doesn't have an explanation or words or anything, yeah. but it is just pure. And then it just helps me to take away my thoughts and just be in that space. And this is the place where I find creativity because again, there is no personality or identity attached to this. And mm. as soon as my identity is moved aside, then there is unlimited potential because mm. there is no, you know, nothing right. that can hold me back. And, I, I've been experiencing this so many times while writing and doing work that I love mm. that I forget about who I am. Mm. And I, I guess that's what some people call flow. But it's really a state of bliss mm. because then you act not from this place of who I need to be to prove everyone else mm. that I'm good enough, but you just mm. act from no person. You act from an energy, from a flow. Wow. Yeah. I love that. That's really powerful. I can, you said that so clearly how identity by its nature is limiting because you have to stay. If I am, I don't know, just for example, if I'm a writer, if that's my identity, then all I'm going to do is write. I'm not going to take photographs, even though I love taking photographs, even though I'm not going to spend time, even though like I look at my Instagram page has become a merging of my photographs and my writing. But I would have never, if I just identified I'm only a writer. Like it doesn't make any room for the other mm. creative aspects. And, and so mm. I, I, I saw that so clearly when you shared that. Yeah, that's yeah. powerful. Yeah. Next one, key resource. Now, here's what I'm going to ask you. This is the, the most impactful, inspiring book, movie, or podcast. But I want you to tell us about your book, the one that came out in April. Mm, good. Well, <laughs> it is pretty much what you've mentioned in the, before we wrapped up. It's a story about a young man, a boy who feels kind of held prisoner in his comfort, in his comfortable environment, in his village. Mm. And he has a dream to climb a mountain and that mountain is far away. And he has a good life in his village. Mm. And he, everyone kind of tells him to stay because everything is nice and fine. And <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, you know, you know, it's a kind yeah. of a, I found after reading, it's kind of an analogy to what most men experience this drive, this wish for going for a dream and at the same time, this um, the environment that doesn't want you to change, yeah. that wants you to be safe. Yeah. And the stories about this boy who decides to leave, to follow his dream and climb this mountain and basically about the story of what he is experiencing on this path. Beautiful. Yeah. It reminds me of the story of Siddhartha. The, the yeah. book Siddhartha. Yeah, by a Irma, beautiful book. One of my favorite all-time, book. all-time books. Yeah. 
All right, man. What's the title? Pico Blanco. Pico Blanco. It's Pico Blanco. It's a, I, I chose a Spanish name, but it's in, in English, it's the White Peak, which is mm. kind of, uh, you know, the White Peak. That we want to go where we are mm. happy. And, right. um, yeah. yeah. It's sort of like that. It's like a, a vision of heaven. Yeah. Right, like the white cloud up on the, exactly. the clouds. Yeah. <laughs> is it available on Amazon? It's available on Amazon and in actually in all nature online bookstores. Beautiful. Yeah. Barnes and Nobles. Um, Very cool. Pico yeah. Blanco. iBooks too. Yeah. Exciting, Pico Blanco. Man. <laughs> good, good. And uh, just for our listeners, the the link to that and anything else that we've talked about here will be in the show notes. So if you're driving, jogging at the gym, making love to your partner, whatever you're doing. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> I mean, that would be kind of, I don't know, that'd be some kink and that's fine. But um, whatever you're doing, if you can't write it down right now, that's fine. You just uh, go to the show notes at brianreeves.com. It's Brian with a Y, reeves.com slash men this way podcast. Great, Sam. Two more. Key investment. Yeah. In the last year, what's the best thing that you've spent money on under $10,000? Yeah. Uh, I had to think about that one, but I believe it's, uh, the investment was actually to not making money. But it's kind of a reverse investment because I, <laughs> yeah. I went to Mexico yeah. and, and, and I knew I, I would write these books and I knew I won't mm. make any money. Despite my fears of not having enough money, I yeah. knew that yeah, yeah, there will be nothing. And I took the savings I had and kind of just rolled with it and trusted that something will come. Well, it, it was very, a very good investment. Very, I'm happy that it turned out this way and I'm amazed how life sometimes works. Yeah. Yeah. And if I may say, I mean, that was after paying me. After paying you, yeah. You know, oh gosh, yes, man. What, five or six thousand yes. dollars? I can't oh remember God. exactly, but that was after paying me for you know making that investment and working together with me, yeah. and then going the opposite direction again, man. Yeah. Again, I just I really admire. It takes a lot of courage yeah. to to walk that path to surrender in that way, and I love again that you've come around. To here you are now coaching and working with children and, yeah. and just how that's just sort of unfolded so naturally for you. And that's, yeah. that's what I love about being a coach. And it's also what I practice in my own life. But it's a challenge, you know, to not get fixed on the outcome. Mm. You know, I heard someone say this a long time ago. I don't know who said it first, but, you know, there's no sense in, in rearranging the furniture inside your prison cell. Mm. I feel like that's what so much of our outcome-based you know, our goal-oriented focus is all about just, you know, moving the couch from this side of my prison cell to that side of my mm. prison cell, or maybe getting a new couch, a better couch, but I'm still in fucking prison. So I just want to say, you know, a, a lot of people, Sam, they don't, that's a, that, I'll just say, it's a courageous journey that you're on yeah. and that you've, you've given yourself to. And I know it's not easy every day. <laughs> and I know there are probably some days you wouldn't say I'm on that journey. I am so yeah. not surrendered today. Yeah. Uh, that's certainly my experience. And maybe um, that's a part of the journey too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think so. Well, for me, it just, uh, those days are great reminders yeah. about how when I'm not surrendered, when I'm fighting, when I'm trying so mm -hmm. hard, when I'm forcing it, Oh, that's what it feels like. And oh, those are the results that I don't enjoy. You know, mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it's, it's contrast, you know, it's mm -hmm. contrast as a great teacher. So yeah, man, thank you for sharing that. And finally, key practice, please offer one practice, yeah. spiritual, creative, personal, or relational that has served you well yeah. and that you challenge our listeners to take on for the next yeah. seven days. Okay, so well, I could say um, go and meditate, but I use the meditation when I feel off track. I do it. I feel it. It serves me well. Yeah. But I think there is something I couldn't give this as a practice because I, I'm not very, you know, doing it every day. I do it when I and I feel it's the time for it. But I think a key practice for me is, is to really take conscious rests, allowing myself to be just lazy when I don't have to work. Mm. Right. So like this that. is something I'm just kind of learning now to just kind of tell myself it's okay to just be freaking lazy sometimes <laughs> uh, when, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah when there's work time, then yes, I work and I give yeah. everything with all my heart. Yeah. And I find that I have 
or I have, yeah, I'm having to learn also to, instead of also only working hard and giving all my passion, also learning to just be lazy, yeah. just to have this time where I just, yeah, allow myself to be in this state. Yeah. And yeah. I find there is a lot of good things coming from that. Yeah. yeah. I love you. Consciously lazy. Consciously. I think I we that. have this misconception about laziness. I feel in yeah. our society because yeah. we have to do and do and do. And if we're not doing anything, we have guilty feelings. And I would like to challenge that because yeah. I don't necessarily believe that this is bad and not giving us progress. There's something I heard once, uh, maybe I came up with him on myself, but maybe sometimes no progress is also progress. Mm. Right. So, Mm-hmm. Not always moving is maybe a moving forward in a deeper sense. So mm, yes. that might be, yeah. To me, at least, this is my my, my main practice at the moment. <laughs> I think a lot of our listeners will be very happy to work with this one. <laughs> yes. This will probably be their favorite practice of all the yeah. practices. <laughs> but that's the key: consciously lazy, yeah. intentionally. La- or I can't really say conscious rest. That's what you said. Yeah. Conscious rest. Yes. Definitely a practice of mine. And it's actually not very easy because same, I'm very productivity minded. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm I'm also very much in the practice right now of resting and getting quiet and meditating, creating a lot of space. And um it's not easy because of that productivity mind, but I believe it is probably you can see the conflict in my own brain still, probably. Yeah. It is the most important practice of my life right now. Yeah. That conscious rest. Actually- Actually, you know, like I feel like the best ideas I have when I'm under the warm shower and I just don't mm. really forget about everything and then mm. boom, ideas yeah. come. Yeah. And the same I experience when I, when I just lazy and don't try anything. I don't yeah. try. I don't need. I yeah. don't, I yeah. just give myself the space to just, yeah, yeah do whatever comes. And, yeah. and it's actually a very productive thing to do, even though it's in a rational way, you know, it doesn't look like any. Yeah. anything productive at all so paradoxes paradoxes there you go man Mr. paradoxes yeah. <laughs> i love it i love paradox all right well uh sam i have so enjoyed this where yeah. can our listeners learn more about you otherwise other than the of course the book on amazon but where, but where would you yeah well sam writer not not like writer but like r y t e r sam writer dot com there is my website there. I put up all my blog posts and also my books. The link to my new book will be there too. There is yeah. actually even some free chapters, some preview chapters right. for free to download. So if you're interested, this second book is going to be very interesting as well. Yeah, samwriter.com and um, there is everything people need to know. Yeah. I'm very, very excited to continue watching you unfold and your journey. Yeah. And man, just... <laughs> It was an honor and a pleasure for me to work with you and to just, again, to see the magic continuing to unfold and, and what is to come. And I can't wait to read your books, man. I haven't read them yet. So I'm going to read them ASAP. Good. Thank you, man. All right. That makes me happy too. <laughs> Thank you for coming on Men This Way, Sam. Yes, man. Thank you for inviting me. It was so good. So good. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you again to my friend, Sam Reiter. Find Sam at samreiter.com, R-Y-T-E-R.com. And of course, that link and any resources and other links that we discussed and Sam's five key takeaways will be in the show notes at brianreeves.com slash menthiswaypodcast. It's brian with a Y, reeves.com slash Men This Way podcast. And again, if you'd like to explore coaching with me, please email support at brianreeves.com. Support at brianreeves.com. Or if you'd like to learn more about the masculine feminine dance that Sam and I spoke about, well, if you're single, definitely go download my Love Sex Relationship Magic audio program. It will enlighten you in the secrets of this intimate dance that should not be secrets. If you're coupled, I suggest my Conflict to Connection 90-Day Relationship Coaching Program, which also gives you a deep dive into the art of masculine and feminine intimacy, but it also helps you better navigate the 
otherwise painful challenges of everyday disagreements, communication struggles, competing needs, and other such challenges of intimacy. Both programs, though, have the insights and practices that have been life-changing for me and also for my clients like Sam and his partner, too. Both programs can be found on my website at brianreeves.com. It's brian with a Y, reeves.com. And as a Men This Way listener, you can get 10% off of every program on my website by just entering the coupon code MENTHISWAY10 on any checkout page. Again, that's MENTHISWAY10, number 10. That's the coupon code. Enter that on any checkout page for the online programs which you find at brianreeves.com to get 10% off. Finally, if you were served by this and think others should hear it too, please write a review on your podcast app. Your words go a long way towards influencing others to listen. And in this way, you too can lead more men this way. I'm your thriving life and relationship coach, Brian Reeves. Brian with a Y, Reeves. Until soon, keep your head up, your breath relaxed, and your thoughts inspired. Inspired.